It's Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com, coming soon to iOS and Android. The work of a woman. That's what we're discussing today on The Devil is a Lie. The Devil is a Lie. Here's your host, Angel Nicole. The Devil is a Lie. This and every week, we're bringing you authentic voices who are willing to share how they consistently defeat imposter syndrome and overcome adversity. Rowan Mesero founded Mez Entertainment to develop the careers of individuals and companies in the music, fashion, and hospitality industries. I'm super excited to learn how she's using her talents to help others realize their dreams. Welcome to the show, Rowan. Thank you so much for having me. These are subjects that I deal with on a daily basis, so it's definitely up my alley. Being a woman... And the entertainment industry, I'm sure, comes with its own set of obstacles that you have to overcome. But the first one that I want us to tackle is trust. I find it interesting because trust is essential to being sustainable and really having a viable company. But in entertainment that's predominantly male-dominated, how do you garner the trust of your clients? But more importantly, how do you gain the trust of your employees? I think that... Being someone who consistently shows up when they say they're going to show up and is in very high level communication with both my employees and my clients. Whereas I find there's a lot of people who may not be as consistent with their communication, always making sure that I respond to messages, to emails, to calls. I think that that shows a lot of value nowadays when there's so many people that so easily and quickly fade out of your life, flake out on things that they said they were going to show up to and then they don't show up. I just think it's so important to always show up and to have to be a woman of their word and integrity and you know, my grandfather always used to tell me like, I, he's like, I used to make deals on a handshake and you would just know that that person and you had your contract. Like the handshake was the contract. And cause people were a people of their word. Yes, absolutely. And that's just so hard to find nowadays. I want to be the one that doesn't live up to those negative expectations. I want to be the one that's like, oh, wait, maybe not all managers are awful people that just want to screw you over, right? That's what I want to be for people. So where did your love for music and the entertainment industry really derive? I know you mentioned your grandfather a few moments ago, and I know he was instrumental in the name of the company, 
But what besides that was your kind of motivation and inspiration behind going specifically into this industry? So I grew up in Chicago and I was surrounded by hip hop. Yeah, I grew up on Kanye and 50 Cent and Eminem and Lil Wayne and like Get Rich or Die Trying was literally like my favorite project. I had it the CD and a disc man and I would listen to it all day on repeat every track. That album is what got me obsessed with hip hop. I loved every track. So yeah, I loved music. I was surrounded by it. And when I moved to New York, I actually wanted to be in the fashion industry. And I had studied international business and French and had done a few internships in fashion PR, but I didn't get a job in the fashion business. I actually ended up getting a job in the entertainment industry. I worked at William Morris Endeavor for a few years and ultimately became an event planner at the Ace Hotel and met what would become my first client, who was a young lady from Biloxi, Mississippi, and she was a rapper. She had gone to the NYU Clive Davis Institute for recorded music, and it was actually her idea. She said to me, like, you would make such a good manager, and that literally just planted a seed where it would turn into this relationship where I was managing her and it didn't feel like work, which is how I knew it was the right fit because I never wanted my job to feel like a job. The first time that that was whispered in your ear, like you would make a great manager because I feel like sometimes God, universe, angels, whatever people believe in, speak to us through other people. And it's almost our job and responsibility to have the discernment to know, are you wanting something here? Or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, should I stick to my day job? So what was it about that conversation that really clicked for you? I know once you started doing it, it didn't feel like work. But what happened in that moment? Because I don't know if you left your job immediately or if you just said, yo, I'm going to do this on the side to see how it goes. But what was it about that conversation that sparked Mm -hmm. something in you to say, you know what? You might be onto something. I think It was just a feeling that I had. And the way she said it was such conviction. She's like, Ro, you would make such a good manager. I was like, really? And she's like, I've never met someone as on top of their shit as you. And I was just like, yeah. Like in my head, I was like, yeah, I would probably be a great (laughs) manager. (laughs) You were like, I'm that B. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. And I just liked her energy so much. I wasn't super close to her before I started managing her. It was really just like we worked together. And I didn't really know a lot about her music. But when I heard her music, like she's like a female common, like conscious, more conscious rap. And she's... I don't know. I just, it just felt right. So out of every project that you've done so far, what would you say is your proudest moment that you feel like you've really made a contribution to the entertainment industry? 
and that you really felt like you delivered and your client was like, wow, you were wild. And it was just a magical experience. Essence Fest is, it's in New Orleans every year. And they have what is called a discovery stage for lesser known artists. And I had been reaching out to the woman who chose the artists that go on those discovery stages. I emailed her probably at least 28 times over the course of seven or eight months and finally got a meeting with her. And Mm -hmm. I got her to hear my artist and she ended up choosing him. And going to Essence Fest where you have all access passes is insane. It was the most phenomenal experience and his performance. He went on right before Shaggy and Shaggy's manager was like, wow, like he's amazing. And I actually no longer work with this client. This was around four years ago now. But that was one of my biggest successes just because I didn't give up and I wanted it. Like I knew he would be perfect for this event. I think my contribution, a big thing that I'm very proud of is my internship program that I've built over the years. I have a lot of department heads at various universities that I work with and I've built this really amazing program that I think gets better every semester. And I give a lot of opportunities and time and energy to the students that come on. And that's something that brings me a lot of joy. Well, kudos to you for that. Now, when it comes to perseverance, because I feel like we just spoke a little bit about that. How important is it in starting a business and wanting to scale a business is perseverance to actually being able to reach that destination, that final goal? It's everything because so many people are going to try and convince you not to go for it. And My least favorite word in the English dictionary is realistic. I can't even count how many people have said to me that what I'm doing is not realistic. And I I don't want to be realistic. Like whoever said that that's what I wanted. Like if that's what I wanted, I would have gone and gotten a job in like finance or something. And I don't want my life to be the norm. I wanted to create my own path and work for myself and build what I envisioned. And, you know, that changes all the time. Like it's always ever changing and you have to be so hyper-focused on your goal and just know that this is what you want and that you're going to do it whether you have certain people's support or not because not everyone is going to support you and not everyone is going to see what you want to do they're not going to see it they're not going to see the vision and your foundation 
in what you want has to be so strong because people will try and knock it down all the time. And when you say foundation, I want to I want to speak to that a little bit more because this is like one of my favorite areas. And I look at your foundation as your why. Why are you doing it? Why does it matter? And what do you have to lose if you don't reach it? And a lot of times I don't think people can always articulate what their why is. Sometimes it's just because I want to do it or I feel like I can help. But your why has to be solid. What is your why for your business? I think growing up, I never felt like I fit in and always felt apart from and not a part of whatever the group was. I didn't fit into what I believed to be the societal norms that were put on us, put on me, maybe. Like, I didn't follow the rules. Like, I I was definitely... Well, what was family. you doing? I was just, like, a troublemaker. I was, you know, I've always been like that. I was just... <laughs> I didn't like to follow the rules. Like I was like, well, why do you want me to stand over here? Like I was questioning. I questioned authority. I I had an issue with authority. And my business is proof maybe to myself that maybe it's okay that I didn't fit into certain categories, that maybe I can be okay doing what I want. And that all those people that told me I wasn't okay because I didn't follow certain rules, well, maybe this is just like me showing them and maybe just showing myself that it's okay not to follow the paths of others and to create your own. Absolutely. And so funny that you say that because I know for me, there have been times where I think about my childhood and moments where I felt kind of like what you're saying alone, right? And I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood Uh, in my elementary school. I think there was maybe one or two other black families in the entire school. And I my dialect changed. Right. So I started talking like this (laughs) and like my family. I grew up in Michigan. So my family in Detroit, they be like, you sound like a valley girl. You sound like this. (laughs) And so my voice became this thing that made me different. And I didn't always want to be different. And it made other people look at me like, do you know that you're Black? Like, and these would be real questions that I would get asked. Like, seriously. But when I look at where I am today, my voice is what makes me different. My voice is what makes me money. My voice is what keeps and sets me apart from others. And so sometimes to your point, that one thing that you're kind of like, well, why is this so different about me? That's the very thing that's like your greatest blessing because it helps you differentiate yourself from the pack. The devil is a lie. Guys, you are tuned into The Devil is a Lie, and our guest today is Rowan Mezzaro. She is the founder, CEO of Mez Entertainment, and she is doing some fabulous things with her artists, a lot of DJs. How did that come about? Like, how did you start tapping into the DJ scene? Actually, the client that I took to Essence Fest, I got him on Sway in the Morning, for the Friday Fire Cipher. And when I went up there, 
the client that I had, his very good friend was also a very good friend of DJ Wonders. And he was a life, he's a life coach. And my client was like, you know, maybe you should talk to him. I think he would be helpful. Like, cause I, I think I was going through something at the time and I like, he, my client just thought, oh, you should talk to this guy. And I did. And he, his name is Brian. And he said, have you ever like spent time with wonder like dj wonder i was like no not really i just met him up at sway he's like you and him would be great together like he needs someone like you as their manager i was like okay like i would love to talk to him i mean i had never thought about managing djs i had only managed rappers up until that point and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll meet with him. And I did. And, you know, we're still together. He's actually the longest client I've ever had, like been almost four years together. And from working with him, I now have other DJs as well. And I love, I will, I love working with DJs and these aren't just DJs. They're also producers and radio hosts and they do a lot of different of work but yeah that's how it happened I I love that you have allowed yourself to grow and flow in this industry because sometimes people are so hardcore stuck to well no this is what I do these are the type of people that I manage and they're not open to other possibilities now this might sound a little messy but I'm gonna ask it anyways have you ever like had a relationship with any of your clients? No, thank God. But I've thought about it before. <laughs> Cause I was looking at some of those pictures and I was like, ooh. <laughs> you know what? I've thought about it. I've thought about it. But thank God I've never gone there. No, I haven't. Okay. No, that's good. I, I think there has to be those boundaries that we we set. Um, and in the entertainment industry, I mean, because I've been in the industry, what, 22 years now. Yeah. You're like, no, I wouldn't. Then the right one come along. You'd be like, oh, Lord, what? what why is he here? <laughs> I know. And in the industry, again, like everybody is very hush-hush with who they're dating. Nobody really knows. They might make assumptions. So I just thought I would ask because I was really curious. We're going to transition to what is known as our devil is a lie moment. This is a time that I'm going to ask you to share a moment that you did not know how you were going to come out of a particular situation or if you were faced with um, imposter syndrome or just like that hardcore adversity. And you're just like, my hands are up. My hands are tied. I don't even know what to do or how I'm going to get out of this. So I would like to know what that moment was, how you got out of it, and then what was waiting for you on the other side. So I had booked uh, my client to do a show at the Reebok store in Union Square. It's our headquarters. And Hmm. The manager at the time of the store, for whatever reason, did not like me. And he was being very difficult when figuring out details for this event. There was it was a, a show promoting one of their new lines. And 
then they were adamant on using their DJ with their equipment. And it was my artist performing. So I was like, okay, fine. And I had dancers come. I had this whole big show plan and I invited a lot of different people from various labels. Like it was like a big show and important people. We got there an hour early for sound check and the DJ's not there. And I'm like, can you check in with him? And the manager's like, yeah, of course. Like he'll be here. Don't worry. It's 15 minutes till the show is supposed to start and he's not there. And I, my clients, they're like, everyone's there. And I'm just like, oh my God, like there's no DJ. There's no equipment. This is crazy. And I was talking to the manager. I was like, you need to get him on the phone and find out where he is. And, and before I knew it, he's like, oh my gosh, he's not coming. My body felt like it was shutting down. I had all these people there and I was like, this is not happening. Like, I can't cancel. Like, I literally had to jump through hoops to get all these people in attendance. I was set on not telling my client at the, like at that moment because <laughs> I was like, he's going right. to freak out. So I was talking to this guy. He's like, there's a guitar center half a block away. You need to call them right now and tell them you need rental equipment, DJ rental equipment. I was like, okay. So I called them. It was crazy that they were open. It was like after 8 p.m. But I guess it's awesome because that's New York City for you. We're gonna, I'm going to go get the equipment. It was a half a block away. I called this DJ that's friends with my client. I was like, I need you to be here. I need you. I know he was on the train in the Bronx. Okay. That's very far away from where I was. I was like, just take an Uber here. I'll pay for it. I need you to come here right now. So I basically had to hold hostage, <laughs> like all these people that were there. I was like, oh, we're starting a little late, but you know, can I go, can I get you something to drink? Did you like, order food? I, yeah, well, I ordered alcohol. I ordered some drinks. I had one of my one of my interns go get like a few cases of beer and like coolers and whatever. I was like, just go get stuff right now. I went to Guitar Center to pick up the equipment. They gave me like this wheelbarrow, like to wheel it over <laughs> to Reebok, and somehow the show happened. And everyone who was there stayed through the show. The dancers did a great job. My client did a great job. And I got through it without having a, a total, like, a breakdown in front of everyone. Like, some people, like, afterwards, they saw me, like, totally have, like, a breakdown. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. I was, like, cursing the DJ that didn't show up and, like, but like I got through it and I didn't say fuck it and just like not do the show. Like I did the show because I had gotten all those people there and then it would have just been a waste. I say this to people a lot. Like you have to be like the blind, like the the horses on the racetrack with the blinders. You just need to like have those blinders on sometimes and just do what you have to do and not think about anything else. 
and just go for it. And just, if you tell yourself it's going to happen, then it will happen. If you say that it's, if you give yourself the option that it's not, might not happen, then it probably won't happen. It's all just like what you decide. You have to decide, I'm going to get this done no matter what. And then you get it done. I love that. Now, the one thing that I do have a question about from the story, because I feel like you gave in to the manager to have the DJ and you really weren't set and okay with it, but you caved. What lesson did that teach you? Don't allow other people to have that level of control with your events. Because the DJ is obviously very important, and so is the equipment. So what that taught me <laughs> that also, <part. laughs> have a backup plan. Like, I could have had a DJ there anyway. You know, I could have had mm-hmm. a backup plan. Because I knew something didn't feel right. And honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but I really think that the guy was trying to sabotage the event. Because that just is too like bizarre that like the DJ is like not showing up. That just doesn't make sense. Right. Especially if he was going to get paid for working that event. Right. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Not at all. Well, this has been wonderful. Um, Before I go, do you have any upcoming concerts, anything new for the summer? Are you looking for new artists? Give us like a little bit of information about what's going on with you. Yeah, we have some really fun events coming up. I have one of my artists performing at Soho House on May 28th. There will be, you have to RSVP, but there will be uh, information about how to do that on the social media platforms. If you want to follow at Mez Entertainment, then you can stay up to date with all of our shows. We also are going to have another event with Scram Jones on June 4th. And I'm always looking for good people. If you're interested in an internship or if you're an artist that needs help with, you know, any services, we offer a lot of different services to artists or DJs and, yeah, just, you know, on all platforms, you know, Maz Entertainment, you know, we have a lot of really fun stuff coming up and new releases as well. Awesome. Well, we got the social media out there. We got the latest events. Any last minute words of wisdom for our guests? When you're going after what you want, you have to be relentless and trust yourself because at the end of the day, you're the one living your life, not any of these other people. So build it however you want. Amen. I see. I'm, I'm rocking with you there because nobody can do it but you and you only have one life to live. So make it the best one possible. Thank you so much, Ro. This has been an amazing conversation. Very uh, fruitful and full of great takeaways and practical advice for our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. 
Absolutely. And thank you at home for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I would love to hear your thoughts about how you felt like this episode went. Leave a comment on your favorite podcast platform or shoot me a DM at the Angel Nicole. That's T-H-E-E Angel Nicole on all social media platforms. The Devil is a Lie is a production of the Alive Podcast Network, an entity of DC Media Connection. Engineered by Julio Gonzalez of Zymer.co and music provided by Audio Vibes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Alive Podcast Network. If you're interested in joining the Alive Podcast family, visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com to learn more. We hope that you enjoyed today's show. And remember, there is greatness within you. And if anybody tells you any different, the devil is a lie. Until next time, be blessed. The devil is a lie.